Well, it's time to welcome our guests to Money Talk. And uh, good morning uh, once again to Stuart Oldcroft, uh, Asian Fund Management Industry Consultant. Uh, good morning, Stuart. How are you? Good morning, James. It's a nice bright morning again. I think it's been like that for the last month, hasn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> yes, bright in many ways. And let's also say good morning. In fact, good evening to Barry Wood, uh, RTHK's International Economics Correspondent uh, in Washington. How's the weather in Washington, Barry? Well, thanks for asking, James, and good morning to you, Stuart. Look, um, if you go just 250 miles northeast to New York City, they've had snow. Mm. And it's been snowing right now. It's snowed all day. The northeast in Boston is really getting hit. But here in D.C., still haven't had one flake of snow all winter. Wow. There you go. Um, well, I hope it stays that way. Uh, let's have a look at what's going on. I guess we're still looking at uh, the uh, follow-on from the SVB uh, collapse. And uh, it looks like there's some investigations getting going into that particular collapse. Stuart, looking back on the last few days, what are your thoughts on that and the, the state of the banking system? Well, I think the first thing to be said is that the U.S. acted very quickly, unusually so, and uh, the fact that they took over two banks, because it was SVB and also another one called Signature, mm. uh, which were both um, medium-sized banks, but regional and local in, in the U.S. generally, although this, uh, SVP had an overseas branch in London. Um, but they took them over very quickly, because I think there was a very considerable concern on the part of the uh, U.S. government that this was likely to lead to a, um, a sort of collapse of other banks and contagion within the banking system. So taking them out from that, uh, that risk was of absolute priority, which is what uh, the um, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, FDIC, did in, in basically taking them over. Now what they've got to do is to sort out what they've got in terms of assets and liabilities and whether they can sell on parts of the bank or, or the whole of the bank or, or, or its loans and, and its uh, deposits to other potential buyers. And the interesting thing is that we are now starting to see a number of um, particularly private equity type businesses um, sniffing around, seeing what they can buy, seeing if anything um, will match their own portfolios. Um, and these are, uh, are groups that are quite specialist in terms of how they manage money. They'll have mm. very high demand in terms of what they would expect. But um, it, it shows that there must be some value somewhere to be found in this. Um, I think it's also very interesting that uh, in the UK, um, the, the, the UK government were able to secure a sale almost instantaneously, albeit for one pound, um, of the UK branch of SVP to HSBC. Now, I think we've read a few reports of people being concerned that this might lead to problems with HSBC. I well, shares, quite... shares were down 4.5% uh, in Hong Kong yesterday, weren't yes, they? Yes, yes. Uh, and, and I think this is absolutely misplaced mm. in terms of, of view, simply because um, SVP will have had a very interesting group of customers, clients that probably wouldn't normally go to any of the major banks like HSBC. Mm. And so this is an opportunity for them to, to get those customers, to bring them into their fold at almost no cost. Well, of course, it's not no cost because the concern <laughs> will be that have the um, 
liabilities. What are they taking on, by right? The, by the assets. <laughs> Barry, what's the vibe in uh, in Washington? The, the SEC and the Justice Department and the Fed all sort of looking into this. What, what are you feeling, you know, what, three days into this? Well, the system is clearly under stress. And there is uncertainty as to whether the panic has been contained or if something big is on the horizon. I think that um, so far I agree with Stuart, certainly, that uh, the president and the treasury and the Fed and the insurer, they acted quickly. But um, let's face it, this bank has not found a partner in four days. So it seems that even private equity, which is flush with cash, is not really saying this is something we want to get into. Is it? I mean, I think do, we, do we think it is a bit shaky? I mean, Bloomberg reporting that the bank's lack of a chief risk officer for much of last year is being examined by the Fed. I mean, that sounds a, a pretty strange thing to not have a chief risk, <laughs> risk officer. <laughs> it does. Uh, I think you could put that right in the same category as Forbes magazine last month, three weeks ago, calling Silicon Valley Bank one of the best banks in the United States. Really? So oh, this, is, really? this is pretty amazing. <laughs> um, yes. I think what it's going to do, James, is really slow down the pace of venture capital funding in the Bay Area on the West Coast. Mm. It's probably going to really constrain the tech sector generally. I think listeners would be wise to recognize that in Silicon Valley, this was the bank. This was the place you went because it was a little guy and it was local. And you didn't want to go to Bank of America or Wells Fargo or Citi. You wanted to go to someone local. And as a result, you had 2,500 venture capital firms investing in it, and altogether 40,000 tech companies hmm. keeping their money there. So this is a very big deal if you're in Palo Alto, San Mateo, all up and down, the, and of course in San Francisco itself. Those people that maybe are not fans of the tech sector might say, but maybe a slowdown like this is a, is a good thing. Well, that's true, James, but look at it this way. When Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, spoke on Sunday morning, she said there will be no government bailout. And bailouts are unpopular because back in 2008-9, you know, a lot of money was thrown at the banks to save them from collapsing. Well, what did the Treasury and the Fed do on Sunday night? They said all deposits are now guaranteed. And it's up in the air as an open question, and Stuart will know about this because that's his business. The, will the taxpayer ultimately have to pay for all those deposits, or will a partner, if it can be found, come in and say, oh, no, we'll take care of all that, so the government isn't going to bail anybody out, and President and Treasury Secretary will be correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, well, I think that what it is, I mean, the... the uh, Joe Biden has already committed the government to effectively guarantee all the deposits. So uh, it's too late now for them to change their mind, I would have thought, without it being a serious electoral problem, should he um, 
seek re-election. Mm. Well, let's have a quick look at some other stories. Um, what do we think about the uh, inflation uh, data out today? Um, it's uh, 6% year-on-year in February, the slowest since uh, September of 2021. Uh, do we think that's going to have any impact on the Fed's decision next week? In- inflation well, is, is coming to the U.S., like it has already come to uh, Europe and, and some other parts of the world. The uh, U.S. has been somewhat insulated against high levels of inflation up until now because of the strength of the U.S. dollar. Uh, and But now the dollar is fairly st- steady. I think we'll start to see inflation creep up a little bit more. Mm. And, of course, this is going to have an impact on interest rates. And the consequence of that is that um, the... Um, forecast of a a, a slowdown in the rise of interest rates, whilst correct, may still be a little bit early in the cycle. Barry, do you think there's going to be a rise next week? No. I think the stress on the financial sector is such that um, the chairman of the Fed will say in his press conference, we've decided to wait. We are not done tightening, but given what's happened in Silicon Valley Bank and elsewhere. We're going to wait. Let's not forget that the Fed has raised interest rates eight times in the past year. And we've already gone up four and a half percent. I mean, that's what really the problem was at this bank. Now, to come to inflation, James, look, progress. Uh, Year over year, down to six percent. The the cost of uh, living went up only four-tenths of 1% in February compared to five-tenths of 1% in, in January. But that's now secondary because everything is focused on the safety of the financial sector. Mm. So we're thinking no interest rate uh, rise next week, but without SVB, would there have been another rise, do you think? Absolutely, absolutely. It would have been 25 basis points at least. Mm, mm. And that, that was already priced into the market as well, I think. So, um, it's, mm. it's an interesting situation where simply because of a particular issue, um, the planned for an increase in interest rates may get put off. But as, as um, Barry has probably rightly said, um, the likelihood is that it will just be a temporary move to mm. not increase interest rates uh, currently and then do it next, next time. Now, Meta uh, laying off uh, another 10,000 employees and not filling another 5,000 jobs. Uh, Barry, is this an indicator that uh, that sector is really in a bit of a mess still? Yes, it is, without doubt. Look, um, the tech sector, and we're really talking Silicon Valley, San Francisco, they overexpanded really during the good times when everybody was online during three years of COVID. So they're cutting that back. But now I think they're cutting back more. And Meta is perhaps the biggest question mark because they have committed so heavily into this, you know, artificial use of headsets to go into another world. And they've Mm. been trumped in one sense, forgives excuse the the pun hmm. to uh by by this whole business of chat gpt which they fear could get them so i don't think this is the end but it's not a surprise that meta is doing it although this is far bigger than had been expected 
Just very quickly, uh, Stuart, um, on the China data, which is coming out later later on, what do we think? Uh, are we going to see some sort of positive vibes from that data coming out? I've just got 30 seconds now. Yes, China seems to be uh, recovering quite strongly after the very tough times that it exist, uh, existed with COVID. So I think you could expect to see more positive numbers. Uh, they won't be as high as we were seeing in the years before COVID, but uh, it will be moving in the right direction, and that's probably the most important thing. Stuart Oldcroft is uh, Asian Fund Management Industry Consultant, and uh, joining him today was Barry Wood, RTHK's International Economics Correspondent, uh, live from Washington.